gals too. Let's run up. Let's do a pop. Oh, we don't need to do a clap sync because we're sitting in a room together. That's incredible. Fuck, fuck a clap sync. Welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club. Uh, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you want to try that again? No. This is episode 55. Welcome back, motherfuckers. Um, my name is Mark Chamberlain, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. It's more like I'm joining her, honestly. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you got it on your fucking computer. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I just popped a fucking white claw for the start of the episode, because this is going to be one of those, welcome back, girls and gays. Uh, so, so I am, I am sitting in a room across a table from one Mark Champlin, uh, which if you're a regular listener, you might not be aware is not the usual, uh, arrangement for this podcast. So Mark, if you want to explain to the listeners what the fuck you're doing in my house. Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) What happened was, um, I got off of work on, on Friday and I have a three day weekend. I got a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And, uh, you know, I live in Southern California and, um, and Alex lives in Colorado. And I thought to myself, you know, I could really use some, some time with some friends. Uh, how far of a drive is that? (laughs) So I went on my phone and I typed the word Denver <laughs> into Google Maps and I hit go and it said 16 hours. And I thought, I mean, that's only six, that's only two thirds of a day. <laughs> I could get there and then go to sleep. So what I did was you can. Yes, I really needed friend time. If you can't tell, <laughs> I literally got in my car I packed a bag and a guitar is <laughs> very is very indie rock. And I drove starting at 2 a.m. all the way until what is 7 p.m. and I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so Mark and I have been hanging out for the past couple days and um today we were like, oh, like we're gonna go on a hike in the morning, it'll be a lot of fun, and then we'll go to like a local burger place, we'll hang out, we'll get some drinks, we'll have a nice time, and then we'll come home and we'll watch Tron Legacy. And we'll, and we'll have a great time. Um, and then, unfortunately, the last part of that plan just fucking just crashed and burned on us in the hardest way possible. I, I will say, quick aside before we talk about that, is that um, I'm glad to have experienced one of your famous go into the wilderness and almost die <laughs> moments. Because yeah. I could have, because I fell on the ice many, many times. <laughs> I didn't bring snow gear because it was it was 90 degrees one of one of the days last week in uh, socal and it is like two feet of snow yeah. here in, in denver so we slipped a lot um, yeah. and i could have hit my head and died very easily um so but instead we had a great time instead we had a great ass time and then we didn't have a great time because Until. we came home and watched tron legacy which i think maybe is the most disappointed i've been in a film for this podcast ever it was disappointing uh, because I hadn't seen it, and uh, I think Alex hadn't seen it since like it came out, which was like nine years ago. I saw it when something. I was like fucking fourteen and an idiot, so you know. So yeah, I had no expectations. All I knew was I like Michael Sheen and I like <laughs> Daft Punk. Yeah, and how bad could it possibly be? <laughs> yeah, and um, and 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 it was it was pretty bad. So tell me a little bit about. 2010's Tron Legacy, Mark. The Tron Legacy, uh, it's a it's a sci-fi action film. Uh, it's a directorial debut, sad, of uh, Joseph <laughs> Kaczynski um, uh, from a screenplay written by Adam Horowitz and Edward uh, Kitsis. It is a sequel. It's a direct sequel. 
um, to the 1982 film Tron, um, whose director Steven Lindsberg returned to produce. The cast includes Jeff Bridges and, uh, very briefly, Bruce Boxleitner to reprise their roles. Um, and then the, we got the new characters. We got Garrett Hedlund and Olivia Wilde, who really just lit up the screen with their chemistry, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> um, that was a great reading of the yeah. first paragraph of the Wikipedia article for Tron Legacy. Thank you. Thanks. It's, it's what I do best, you know? I got one job on this stupid podcast. <laughs> okay. So I'm going sum, so to summarize the plot of Tron Legacy, which I thought was going to be really hard because a lot of stupid bullshit happens in this movie. Uh, but I think, I, I think I've boiled it down to the essence here. So right. it, is, it is decades after original Tron. Uh, if you haven't seen original Tron, you know, uh, it's computer osmosis Jones and nothing important <laughs> happens in it. That's really all you need to know. Uh, it's like Tron is like a dope movie because it's charming and it looks fucking awesome, but the plot is nonsense. It, it none of it makes any sense. The climax of that film is like thirty minutes of flashing lights and awesome fucking weird CGI light bikes driving around, and it's great and it makes no sense. Uh, so you don't need to worry about that in order to understand this episode. Uh, but yes, it is decades after original Tron, and Jeff Bridges, the, the the protagonist from the first movie, has been trapped in the grid, and 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 his boring son is going to come and rescue him. So fucking boring. And and so and so Jeff Bridges, uh, he 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 made a whoopsie, y'all. Like he so he accidentally made like an evil racism genocide clone robot of himself that also lives in the grid uh and then it, it took over tron world which was a big bummer for everybody obviously don't like to see that uh and then there okay so there's some shit with like these synthetic people that they call isos that like naturally formed inside the computer after a certain amount of time uh, and then evil Jeff Bridges, like, does a big genocide on all of them. And, like, textually, they call it a genocide. Uh, but the film doesn't have anything to say about that. So for now, we're going to move on. We'll wrap back around to that. Uh, and then Jeff Bridges and his boring son got to team up with the hot goth, goth girl love interest. And they got and they gotta, they got to stop him. And that's the movie. And also, it sucks. That's the other part, is that it's trash. <laughs> I'm surprised the antagonist wasn't Nintendo shutting down the ISO website. <laughs> <laughs> Got one in there. Fuck Nintendo, anyway. General thoughts on <laughs> Tron Legacy, Mark. How'd you feel about this one? I'm gonna take another swig here and just keep just keep this train wreck rolling. I, I drove 16 hours for this shit. <laughs> um, you know, once again, like you said, it's a movie that it's a movie that wants to bring up the big questions and big politics and use big important sounding words like genocide yeah and, then, and executed in the street is another one that comes up yeah i don't think we wrote that down but they literally say like they were executing isos in the street yeah um and they do nothing with that they they to make no attempt to to um to uh to describe anything deeper than just the surface level things that are happening and we the audience because we're not dumb understand that that is fascism yeah Uh, yeah i mean like this is getting this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but like i it the crux of this entire movie is that like evil jeff bridges has become like this fascist ruler by telling everybody like we need to free ourselves from the shackles of the users we need to become our own independent thing um and the film doesn't really have a comment on the fact that, like, 
obviously that message was appealing to people. Why do they not like users? Why do why do the people of this world respond to a message where a man is saying, "Take your shackles off, become independent. We are better than the than our creators and our owners." Uh, but um, this film doesn't doesn't have anything to say about that, and in fact doesn't have anything to say about anything. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was um, I was like thoroughly disappointed by this. Like I was. I was expecting, because this is what the original Tron is, I was expecting this to be, like, a visual showpiece with, like, a stupid but, like, you know, uh, tolerable plot to kind of string it together. Um, and instead, like, dude, I think this movie looks like shit. Like, I actually think that this movie looks like shit. And, like, the script is god-awful. We were talking about it while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. For, by the way, first time Mark and I have ever watched the pod, like the movie for the podcast together in the same room. Not only that, but this was only the second time, um, and the first time was yesterday, that me and Alex have ever watched a movie together. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. We've been friends since, like, 2016, yeah. and we've never watched a movie together. Yeah, um... And it's like it's the the film is not fun. Really, the only thing going for it is the music. If you haven't heard the da- like, look, y'all, just go on the fucking internet and listen to the Daft Punk created soundtrack for this movie, and you've experienced the best part of Tron Legacy. Um, so so I really do want to talk about like the cinematography a little bit because um, the. The cinematography is one of the most striking things about original Tron. Like, okay, so most of that film is, like, CG, like, super, super early 80s-looking CG, so it looks cool instead of lame. Uh, And then, like, characters on green screens, and all that stuff looks really cool. But, like, the live-action portions of Tron have, like, a really great, like, visual cohesiveness to them. Uh, They really, like... They really make it feel like there is a, uh, like, a visual parallel between the way that the real world looks in Tron and the way that the computer world looks. There's lots of, there's lots of lines, there's lots of grids, there's lots of neon lights. Uh, the, the, it's always framed in this very, like, it, it, it's kind of a cyberpunk looking movie. And it, and, like, there was actually a moment early on when we were watching Tron Legacy where, like, he walks into a room that was in the original Tron and we both went, Oh, I remember that room and nothing particularly interesting happened in that room in original Tron. It was just, I remembered it because the visuals in that film are so striking that just like the shape of, of the Mizeon Sen is like enough to make you remember it. Yeah. I don't remember anything that was said in that scene, but it was just a dialogue scene. And I just remember like the way Jeff Bridges looked uh, framed in that uh, scene I remember that like he was like sitting against a window and just I can picture that in my head yeah yeah and and this thing um like the live action sequences have no visual identity to their own whatsoever it is just like Marvel movie flavor number three yeah um, I, I I mentioned that this was the, the same year that uh it actually wasn't it was a couple years before but Iron Man had come out at this point yeah and it was just the this is just building up to the the, the Disney you know Marvel Star Wars the house style that the, they have now the, the Disney house style yeah exactly. um and like you know they they have the, the 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 main setting of the film once he gets in the movie is just Tron World but fucked up. You know, like it's just Tron World but the skies are stormy and everyone is sad now. 
Um, which could have been fine. Yeah, which could have been fine. And the thing is, is like, they're, you know, the light cycles still look cool. When he fucking, when he has the, the little fucking rod that turns into a light cycle and he jumps in the air and it's like a wireframe and then it turns, like, it looks cool. But the problem is, like, all of this art design is, like, just constantly filmed in the most boring way possible. Like, it is it is excruciating to sit through this movie because it's like, man, that's a cool set. Oh, like, the way that they're kind of using light touches of CG on these characters to make them look otherworldly is kind of neat. Too bad they're filming them as two medium shots standing in front of a flat back background for, like, the entire fucking movie. There's, like, no emotional depth there's no, like, attempt to tell the story through the visuals and how the visuals make you feel. It is it is a dull and exhausting film to sit through. It's the type of thing that, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, that I'm I'm not, like, a, like a learned movie watcher. Um, but the thing that I would always notice is bad cinematography, because yeah. I've just seen enough movies to understand uh, when and how a movie is trying to tell me something, at the very least. And... It feels like little to no thought was put into it, and that's just a, a goddamn shame. Because broad, broad strokes is that the design is cool. I like the way that the sets look, like you were saying, like the cool light bike shit. But yeah, it is really just wasted on this movie. Yeah, the, the, there's cuts in this movie that suck. Oh, that, what was that really weird cut? Yeah, uh, there's like a cut between him and his dog. That I'm like, I'm not gonna get into it because yeah. this is Cinema Sins at this point. But like, yeah. dude, it's a fucking Disney movie that is supposed to have like a level of like quality and polish. And there's like, there's like shitty disorienting discontinuity cuts in this mm-hmm. movie. It fucking sucks. This movie's garbage. Let's talk about the protagonist who I also hate. Uh, this, this, this is, this is a real Nathan Drake looking <laughs> default ass looking. This, this, all the sliders set to zero in Skyrim looking ass motherfucker. If you, if you look at, um, <laughs> the, the main character in that new Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order, this, that's, that's exactly what this dude looks like. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell you who the, who the actor is cause it's not important. And like, and like his entire character in the film is basically like, Look how cool this rich person is. Like, the whole idea is, like, he's the son of the guy that ran the big video game company, a.k.a. Jeff Bridges. Uh, But he is, like, you know, just some fuck-off bachelor who rides a motorcycle around and doesn't give a fuck about anything. And, like, we're supposed to be enamored with this person. Yeah, they, they have him living in, like, a garage, and his best friend is his dog, and he's lonely... And he's just, like, a lonely, like, gamer nerd dude. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, I really think they were just trying to make him seem, like, like more relatable. Like, make him seem like a, like, I'm in my mom's basement type of dude. But the reality is he has so much wealth and so much access and so much privilege. And he's choosing to, like, live like this for no apparent reason. Yeah. It's just obnoxious and yeah. makes me not like him. He it is... Does the opposite effect of what they wanted. <laughs> he is, like just a cocky, unlikable asshole from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. And he has like no personality and he doesn't have like a story arc where he changes and becomes less of a cocky asshole or learns literally anything at all. Like far far and away, the thing that we all that we were watching it, we're just saying to each other the entire time was this dude sucks. I hate the main character. Literally. He sucks so bad. It was, it was me and Mark and my girlfriend watching this movie. And every time he spoke, we just said, dude, shut the fuck up 
fuck up. No I was, one just, fucking cares. I was groaning or saying shut the fuck up every time he said something. Yeah. Also, we, we need to talk about the fact that his dad basically has to give him a computer girlfriend because there's no other girl in the world that would ever want to fuck him. That's, like, not actually an accurate portrayal of what the movie is trying to do, but that's how it comes off. Because, like... The, the 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 hot goth girl love interest played by Olivia Wilde as mentioned earlier um it, you know she's one of she it turns out surprise surprise she's one of the artificial humans or whatever um and like there is allegedly supposed to be a love story going on between the two of these characters but you fucking know how it goes you know how it goes. They have nothing in common. There's, like, a scene where she's fucking, like, trying to talk. Like, she's really interested in culture. She yeah. She's, like, looking at, like, Jeff Bridges. Like, he has this all these books. And she's talking about fucking Dosanzi and shit. And, like, he's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Cool. Whatever. Like, he just... It's just... And then, uh, and then they kiss at the end, obviously. And also she gets to go to the real world for reasons that are not explained at all. That, that scene where she's trying to talk to him about books from the real world, <laughs> it pissed me off so much because this is the part in every, like, real life moment of, like, a, a straight guy and a girl meeting <laughs> where the girl would suddenly immediately lose all fucking interest and be like, this guy's a fucking dud. <laughs> I'm piecing out of here as soon as it's safe to do so. But of course she doesn't. And of course you think to yourself, well, they're gonna have weirdly morally questionable relationship at the end of this, aren't they? And then they just do. Yeah. She's like, she's like a naive computer girl. That's never seen us. Like she doesn't know what the sun is. And like, it's implied that they're going to fuck at the end. And that's, like, really horrific to me because she is not a person, really. Like, she's a person, sure, but she's not... She hasn't been a person in the context of his real-world culture at all. Yeah, he is her only... He is her only, like, tenuous tie to this completely new universe that she's now forced to live in. So, like, it would be... It would be immoral for him not to take care of her as a person, but, like being in a relationship with her F- fuck this movie. it's bad it's okay bad. Let, yeah let's talk it's about bad. michael sheen real quick let you know what let's <laughs> you talk about michael sheen because you have some opinions about him that i don't hold <laughs> so real quick i'll just say that i'm a fan of michael sheen as mm-hmm. an actor he is uh he just fucking chews up every scene that he's in uh he tends to be this isn't the first time he's been the best actor in the room. Yeah. Um, I, I talk about Twilight also where he really just seems like he's just happy to be there every time he's in a movie and he makes the most of every role. And that's my favorite thing about him is that he's just, he fucking goes for it. Like if you see this movie and th- this is the only memorable character in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's set this up a little Easily. bit. So, so Michael Sheen in this movie is like a weird, well, everybody is a weird computer man, but he is a weird computer man that is also like a nightclub host and also some sort of all powerful deity in ways that are not entirely <laughs> explained to us. Um, and like Michael Sheen is the only person who is acting in this film. Yeah, quite like, literally. Like, Everyone else is reading the script, the bad script. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, the main character guy is awful, obviously. He is cardboard. Olivia Wilde looks fantastic and has 
uh, also has nothing and sounds like she doesn't want to be there. Jeff Bridges sounds like he doesn't want to be there and we'll fucking get to him. Yeah. Michael Sheen is the only character in this movie who has like a personality. He is like dancing around and he's in like two scenes, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's dancing around. He's saying ridiculous things. Like they gave him lines and a characterization and mm-hmm. Michael Sheen was like, oh, I can do this with it and I'll, I'm gonna, you know, give this character some pizzazz and all of this shit. Every single other character is just, like, monotone delivering the lines into the camera in the most boring way possible. It It, is unbelievable. It was so such a stark difference that I, like, I described his scene as, like, being dunked in a bucket of ice water. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was so shocked at someone acting and, like, being an actor and, like, having any sort of uh, pizzazz uh, and joy in their job. And this another quick thing that I will say about Michael Sheen, because... I'm a fan of Michael Sheen. Mm-hmm. I really like him. You, you like the man. Um, he's a big fan of fantasy and sci-fi. And like he's like a quote-unquote legitimate actor in a lot of ways. But he he really likes being in these fucking weird movies. And you could tell. And why why wasn't anyone else in this movie happy to be there yeah it, it really yeah it really calls into question like what was the production for this film like that all of the actors seem like they're absolutely bored out of their yeah. fucking minds yeah. especially jeff bridges like man okay so you, you didn't have to do it man look let's all right let's talk about it i feel bad for jeff bridges. i feel bad for <laughs> jeff bridges in this movie and i feel like you can feel his resentment in this film and the main thing is um the Big Lebowski casts a long, <laughs> long shadow over Tron Legacy. It's, it's, so, Jeff Bridges in this movie, he's, you know, he's the main character's dad. He's, you know, the main character, the protagonist, his name is Sam Flynn, but it, who fucking cares? Sam Flynn finds his fucking dad eventually, and his dad is kind of like this, like, techno hippie now. Like, there, he talks about... He talks about like Zen. There, he talks about. There's a line where he talks about bio digital jazz, and he said he calls everyone man and all of this shit. And it needs to be understood that this is not the character that Jeff Bridges was playing in Original Tron. He was not the dude from The Big Lebowski. No, not but at all. because Jeff Bridges has been shackled to the role of the dude for decades now. He has to just play that character in this movie. He just has to, he literally wears like a bat, like a cyber bathrobe, you know? (laughs) And he plays fucking like, he just, he's just the dude again in this movie. And it's so, and he sounds so bored with it. He sounds exhausted to be playing this fucking character again. I, I just realized that there's more Big Lebowski fan service in this movie than there is Tron fan service. <laughs> like, he doesn't say, he doesn't act like his character in Tron. And his character from Tron, to be fair, was just like your standard sci-fi fish-out-of-water protagonist. But, like, the Tron shit in this movie is takes a backseat to the fact that they just want to have him act like the dude. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, and, then, and then there is the issue of Polar Express Jeff Bridges. Dark Jeff Bridges. Okay, so here's the thing, y'all. Evil Jeff. Here's the thing. So a lot of people know about this film that the bad guy clue, evil Jeff Bridges, uh, is like de-aged Jeff Bridges, like CGI de-aged Jeff Bridges so that he looks like an Uncharted 3 character. <laughs> um, 
and it's really and it's unsettling but that that is fine to me for the most part it's like creepy but it's like it, it works because like he's the bad guy he's supposed he lives in a computer it's fine here's right. the thing y'all there's a scene in the first five minutes of this movie where jeff bridges is reading a story to his young son and they have de-aged jeff bridges in reality and he looks like a character from tom hanks's the polar express and it is very unsettling it's very frightening yeah he really looks exactly like tom hanks polar express <laughs> it, it it must it must be said and the 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 annoying thing about that that first scene where he's in the real world and, and where they're showing de-aged jeff bridges in the real world is annoying because when they started the scene they start from behind the back with yeah they do and i was like okay well that's clearly what they're gonna do because they can't show young jeff bridges right here but then they just do it, and I'm like, oh, this looks like shit. Why, why didn't they just film the whole scene like this? Why couldn't he have just been, like, in the shadows, film this from the kid's perspective uh, the whole time? Like, it worked for the beginning, but then they just pan the camera around to show their really cool 2010s tech <laughs> of making him look like Nathan Drake. This is the fucking, this is, this is the future of movies, dude. Actors are going to become so obsolete when you can just... It's like, bro, we don't need to get Will Smith to show up. Oh, we can just, God. we just have CG Will Smith assets on deck at any time when we need a Will Smith to show up. M- most of y'all have seen Rogue One and saw the the, the deep fake General Tarkin or whatever. <laughs> um, th- you all probably think that looks bad. Th- this looks worse than that. Yeah, like by far. And his, his teeth are all wrong, man. It's just not, there's it's like just, no spaces in his teeth. It's just unnatural. It's not right. All right. So speaking of speaking of scary Polar Express, Jeff Bridges, there's a uh, there's a few more things we got to touch on, and they're all under our favorite category to discuss on the podcast. Besides, is this cartoon horny? Drum roll. Which is the weird politics. Let's get into it. There it is. Um. So, <laughs> boy, so, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. So Jeff Bridges designs a program based on himself <laughs> and his personality. <laughs> He makes it just like himself, right? <laughs> he tells it to create the perfect world. Doesn't account for the possibility of genocide. No, he, um, it never crosses his mind. Which he admits in multiple ways, I guess, was just always inside of him. <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Um, he learns his lesson in the end, which is funny. That, like, all you needed to do if you were secretly, like, had the capacity to become a fascist dictator was to, you know, listen to your son and learn a lesson first, and then you won't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect world uh, has a lot of implications, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, it's like, this movie wants to have lines where characters talk about the ISOs getting executed in the streets, and it wants to have lines where characters talk about the ISOs literally being genocided, and it, it wants to have all of that, but it doesn't want to grapple with the fact that, like, if this character is created in Jeff Bridges' image, and has been told to create a perfect world, and the Jeff Bridges robot interpretation of that is... I should commit genocide, then there are extremely fucking troubling things going on there. And the film is just not going to talk about those things because it's too busy showing the boring white guy making out with the goth chick. Like, that's what that's what they're interested in here. They're interested in that and bad cinematography. So, it's... So, the, the, the genocide uh, 
So the, the reason we keep saying genocide is, oh. is yes, uh, evil Jeff Bridges, uh, dark Polar Express Jeff Bridges, <laughs> uh, he views the ISOs um, as an imperfection, right? Uh, the ISOs are, are a quirk of the program, apparently. They aren't created. They the, the conditions of the program were right for them to come to the grid and come to like live a life among the other programs. And Evil Jeff Bridges sees them as an imperfection and murders all of them. So that is a genocide. <laughs> oh. It's not wrong. Yeah. But we don't learn why he thought they were an imperfection. Was it just because they're different? We don't we don't learn why they were bad for society. Uh we just know that he and his followers are they they think they're bad. This is this is a problem with the original Tron too, but it's a spe- it's amplified by this movie because this movie tries to do things which is foolish of it, I think. Yeah. Come um, on, come on. But but there is no there is no seeing people live in Tron world in this movie. We don't get an idea of like, what is it like to live here? How was it to live here before the fascists took over? How was it to live here when the ISOs were here? Instead, we're entirely focused on the boring white bread protagonist with no personality. Like, the interesting things about this story are all on the periphery, and it's all focused on this fucking dipshit with no personality, and it's just, it's... It's awful. Um, I think the only other thing I want to say is uh, this is just another one of those, uh, you know, things just got real bad when all those bad capitalists took over. All those mean rich people took over the company. But now now in the end, the good guy's going to take over and he's going to be a good capitalist and everything will be fine. It's, you know, it's it's the same exact plot as Ready Player it's, One. It's Ready Player One and Detective Pikachu all over again. You know, it's it's that bullshit. We've, we've talked about this trope enough on the podcast that I don't think we need to hit it a lot here. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the crux of the movie. Any other thoughts on Tron Legacy, Mark? Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just follow up that last point with just saying that just one time I want, I want a movie where the ending is fucking burn it all down. <laughs> and I want them to say that. And I want it to mean the thing that it would mean in the real world and not things will slightly change. Things are better because good people arbitrarily decided to, cause that's the thing with like the thing with structural change, right? <laughs> cause it's the only thing that can fix problems like not incremental change. Not there's a good guy here now structural fucking change eliminate the electoral college what are we watching next week mark (laughs) speaking of bad politics (laughs) fucking a we're doing angry birds 2 it's out we we cannot avoid it we can't avoid it any longer uh i saw i was was looking at my my fucking smart tv and there was an ad for angry birds 2 (laughs) and i my stomach dropped (laughs) into my lower intestine and I realized that I could now pirate Angry Birds 2 which means that's what we're going to do this week. Yeah, so so if you have if you're not aware, if you're a new listener for for some reason was like, "Oh, Tron Legacy, that's my favorite movie in the world." And then Sorry, you, and then, yeah, and then you listen to this podcast and you were like, "Fuck, that wasn't very nice of them. That's my favorite movie in the world." M- multiple times people have said, "Oh, you did Scott Pilgrim to me." And I was like, and they were like, "I love Scott Pilgrim." And I was like, <laughs> "Choose a different episode, please." Yeah. So so if you haven't listened to the Angry Birds episode, you should. Uh but if if you need a quick synopsis, uh that movie is racist. 
It is a uh, it is a pr- anti-immigration propaganda film. S- say the line. Say say that Angry Birds drink piss and all, commit genocide. The line. angry the, all, also the Angry Birds drink piss in it explicitly, and then they commit a genocide. Um. So so this this film came out this year. It came out a few months ago, and now it's finally on DVD and Blu-ray for all your monstrous little children to enjoy. Uh, And we're going to subject ourselves to it because we are cursed by this podcast and the decisions that we have made as young adults throughout our lives. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can find the podcast on Twitter. Follow us at Cartridge Cinema. You can join the Discord. It's linked in the pinned post. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. The O Spotify. Spotify once again. <laughs> Pretty fly for a music streaming service. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was bad. Um, SoundCloud is where the OGs listen. You all know who you are. Uh, rate us, even if you hate us. Just kidding. Only rate us if you like us. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. Um, it's you know what? I'm here at Denver. It's really cold outside, <laughs> and for me, it was Tuesday. Don't join the military. Don't join the military. (laughs) Peace. Fuck cops. Fuck cops, too. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. You choked my white claw over the course of that episode. It's a good one. Yeah. That was a pretty fine minute. I thought it was a little longer than that. It felt... It felt tight.